Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello. My name is Gary Mansfield, and this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. Yeah, right. Crazy. Welcome to episode 203 of the Ministry of Arts podcast. Hope you all had a great Christmas and Santa brought you everything you wished for. We got another little present today. <laughs> Christ, that was tacky. But either way, it is the last episode of the year. And this is an episode that was recorded oh so long ago. During the summer, when I had plenty of time on my hands, I was recording about four or five episodes a week. And that's fine, but when they're coming out every 7 to 10 days, that adds up to a couple of months worth. But anyway, it's here now. Well today, I'm taking you to meet Hannah Bennyhood. Hannah's practice crosses into so many different fields, it's difficult to find a sort of hat that fits, if you know what I mean. So I think the best way to describe her is using her own words. Hannah Bennyhood is an interdisciplinary design studio, working between the worlds of art, architecture and design. She is passionate about working on exciting projects with a social conscience. She works on public art, wayfinding, illustration, animation, exhibition design and anything else she feels that can tell a story to make a difference. Her mission is to tell stories using empathy to engage and action to create. Her practice is centred around creating work that engages and builds community, often using public realm as her canvas. She makes work that is site-specific, exploring the boundaries of where architecture ends and art begins. I absolutely love this episode with Hannah, as I'm sure you will too. So please, come with me as I spoke over Zoom to Hannah Bennyhood. How have you been this morning? You've been okay? 
Yeah, I've not been too bad. I've already had a Zoom meeting, went well, all done. So oh, look at you, 10 o'clock on your second Zoom meeting. I'm already on number two. You gotta, Inefficient. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was it was good. It was nice. Yeah, so nice and that was... Um, I don't think it's going to be as fun as this one, but it was it was good. It was but fine. did you get serenaded? <laughs> no, but I it's didn't. Basically, not as good. exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I talked about contracts and like paperwork that makes you like, ah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> all that fun stuff. I do have seven questions that I ask each artist. Okay. And the first being, how would you explain what you do to someone that doesn't know your work? Okay, well, I am a public artist, so I create work in mostly in public space. I trained as an architect, but I don't build buildings, and I'm an artist who doesn't paint paintings. <laughs> so I'm like somewhere in between yeah. those two things. So anything large scale in public realm is like my jam. I yeah. have no set medium. I work in anything from helium to concrete. Like, I just love using a medium that helps tell the story good so i'm a bit of a jack of all trades but i've learned to like embrace that like i'm not just like like someone who's like dedicated to one medium i'm too much of a magpie i get too excited <laughs> about like oh this thing over here or this thing over here no that's <laughs> I've to embrace it. if the concept needs a certain medium that's that's what it needs it's pointless uh not using it right yeah, exactly. In my, in my opinion, I, I I mean, a bit of me sometimes jealous of people who could just be like, I am going to master oils. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I just think, oh, imagine. But um, so I really admire that. But it's just like, I think you have to have a certain kind of personality, you know, and I'm uh, not quite that kind of person. I, it's horses for courses. Horses exactly. For courses. Yeah. You said you trained as an architect. Yes. So where did that cross over to where you are today? So I worked, yeah, I trained as an architect. I worked as an architect for years. I didn't start pursuing art properly until I was 30. So um, I always adored art, but I had honestly no idea you could do it as a job. <laughs> I thought being an artist was like being a rock star. Like I yeah, thought it was yeah, like yeah. being in school, being like, I want to be Beyonce. It's like, yeah, it sure. is. I know. Yeah. How like, dare you? Of course it is. I mean, that is the that is the life I lead for sure. But like, I didn't understand it was possible, you know. Yeah. So I, I I can remember talking about it when I was in a school, but my parents was especially my dad was like, uh -uh, no no no, you go and do be a professional yeah, person. Yeah. So and he really as wanted responsible me. Per, uh, as every responsible adult would say. Exactly. Yeah. Especially, you know, my dad, he's like an immigrant. Like he's like, you know, you go and you make your money and you like head down and you work in a certain way. So he was like, I want you to be an engineer. I'm, I'm an only child. So, you know, all the eggs are really in, in, <laughs> yeah. in my basket. The responsibilities on your shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we negotiated to architect because I was like, maybe that's I can draw, you know, if I'm an architect. Yeah. Meet him halfway. Meet him halfway. So he said, okay. Uh, so yes, yeah, so that's so I trained as an architect and I, uh, I worked as an architect for years and years. And I just slowly like architecture school is so creative. Yeah. And I was very, my, my architecture work was already very highly conceptual. And then I got into practice and I was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> what but, happened there? This isn't <laughs> what I signed up for. <laughs> 
so like my creativity I was just like oh my god I've got to do something about this so I just made start making art work on the side and I just started just by like doing things in frames and then I suppose because I was trained to build big or design yeah, big yeah. stuff it turned, turned into installations and then they got bigger and bigger and then I was just like you know like oh my god this is awesome and so when I got to 30 I was like you know I'm young I don't have kids I can yeah, take a, yeah. a risk like I'm just gonna give myself five years to just go for it um and yeah and that's what I've done and it, it took it took me a bit of time but I, I finally managed to become a full-time artist which is just honestly a dream come true and did one merge into the other or did you just stop architecture um I stopped architecture but I didn't stop architecture and like just be a full-time artist yeah. I didn't have the money to do that no, but I what, what I wanted to do was leave practice because when you work in something that's like slightly creative almost I felt like by the end of the day I had nothing left yeah, for my practice yeah, yeah. so I was like and also I felt so defined by being an architect um and I felt to be honest a little bit embarrassed about this silly dream I had of being yeah. an artist like it felt a bit silly like I used to work under um like a pseudonym a different name yeah because I was just like oh no oh no I also felt like it sounded like made me sound like a bit of a twat <laughs> of course like, yeah, it, if you're not mean. in the art world I was yeah. like come on it's a bit eye-rolling you know <laughs> and then I, I moved to Vancouver actually so I just left wow. I moved I moved to Vancouver I shaved my hair off. I was like, I'm reinventing myself. Um, and then, yeah, when I turned up in Vancouver, I just, no one knew me. So I just said, I'm an artist. You I can just be that someone else, yeah. It's like starting a new school, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. and you're just like, I have a chance. <laughs> you know, this is my moment. And people in the, um, uh, in Vancouver, like generally, I think Pacific Northwest, they're not as like British and like, they're very more like, oh yeah, I'm an artist. I'm an artist. Like yeah, everyone's yeah. Art an artist over there. So I was just like, I had to get over my hang up. So I got another job. My one rule was that I just couldn't have a job as an architect. Yeah. So I just got a job in a maker space. So I, I I taught myself tools instead. So I just worked like minimum wage jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then finally I came back to London, and then I freelanced as an architect. Um, to try and make um, some money so like three yeah, um, two days a week and then three days a week doing my art practice and slowly slowly it took really took time I've managed to like take the leap but even now like I mean hopefully touch all the wood it just goes onwards and upwards but like I don't think there's any shame in not doing art full-time and I don't think that makes you an yeah. artist you know so if I have to go back I have to go back and do of some course. stuff you know and how's dad with your newfound world um do you know what I was speaking to him yesterday about like building an installation in his garage because I don't have enough space in my studio <laughs> and I think he's quite excited about it so oh, like good. he he he's down I think now I've proven to him that, that I can make money if I'm honest it's like, sustainable yeah yeah exactly because um I couldn't even I couldn't have even explained to him how I was going to do it like you know um if, if you're not in the art world it's, it's very confusing yeah, to know how, how to make money so um yeah so now now he can see that I'm like I can pay my bills he's less terrified good on him <laughs> and was there um art or creativity in the home growing up um yes like my parents um 
super creative. My dad actually always loved art and was up, always took me to exhibitions and stuff. But okay. mostly they were really up for me just making. Like I, I, when I look back at what they let me do in that house, honestly, like <laughs> build the world's most elaborate dens. I mean, I do. I remember my dad getting really angry sometimes. Like I once stapled curtains like to really? like up to the ceiling to like change everything. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? I would just lose my mind or I painted the inside of the garage and I painted the floor and I, I was just, they they were very supportive of just like, I don't think they were just like, <laughs> if she's out of our way, like, let her be. But I now looking back, I'm like, I cannot imagine this little So they terror. pretty much made a rod for their own back by giving yeah, you that Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's exactly. your fault I'm a creative. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And then... um like and and then also I danced a lot like so that that was my main thing that I did when I was young, dancing and football so yeah so what year was it that you decided to be an artist um so that was uh how old am I now I'm 35 so five years ago so, oh wow you've done pretty cool and so your five years is up so you've given my five years are up I, I hit year. it yeah <laughs> I, I hit it this April and I was like Phew. There you go. So we're well, yeah. sitting in your studio now. So you're not I'm an architect. In my studio. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. I made it. I made it. Just, um, <laughs> I, I mean, some people um, I know just hate goals and like setting that sort of thing, but I'm like motivated by it. So I'm like on a one woman mission. <laughs> yeah, it's whatever makes, whatever makes it work, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you've done an installation of sorts in my borough. Oh, yeah. Which I live one? In uh, barking and Dagenham. Oh yes, her barking. Her barking. Would you yeah. be able to tell us a little something about that? Yeah, absolutely. That was with Street Space, which are an amazing organisation that create. Um, they kind of work with like people and places and streets and doing work um, uh, in different ways and engaging the community. And that project was specifically looking at spaces that people didn't feel safe um and there was this uh long alley called St Audrey's Walk which um was one of the places highlighted and they wanted to do some sort of like intervention in there so that's how I joined on for this second phase of her barking and we did these like uh, we spoke to people on the street I did these like micro micro little installations where I just like basically hung out in an alleyway on my own which I tend to end up doing a lot recently <laughs> in my work it's, I, I've managed to get this very unglamorous niche where I like do artwork in alleyways but anyway um so yeah so I was like talking to people there and we and we led workshops and we came up with this sort of canopy of like um shapes and um different phrases um to light up the um the alleyway and it was just a temporary installation yeah. but it was kind of done as a each project each phase of that project is to kind of um see how artwork can affect these areas and use it as a way uh, methodology to kind of take back to local authorities and yeah. just be like look what you can do with artwork and it's something that project really informed some other artwork that I've continued to do in my own practice so yeah I'm really super grateful to street space for like including me in that work well sometimes an outside space can just become daunting for for no reason whatsoever it mm. might even just be a reputation dark oh, you know sometimes it's just a matter absolutely. of putting a street light up and it makes makes people feel a little safer doesn't it 
totally the um her barking was about perception actually yeah. um people perceived it to be a lot more unsafe than it actually was like the numbers weren't lining up with people's perception yeah. um so i think it's really interesting to see what artwork can do for the perception of spaces um so yeah that that works it's really interesting that yeah dim lights and shadows can uh can put the willies up anyone can't absolutely it? yeah absolutely um hannah which piece that you've created do you think has got the strongest emotional connection oh emotional connection for me or for the people i've worked whichever with? way you read it um i think maybe um my most recent one of my recent projects called girls of the light which kind of kind of relates back to her barking really seemed to resonate with people and that was a total passion project I had no client I funded it myself and I was projecting animated women in dark spaces where women oh, didn't wow. feel safe nice. and I crowdsourced the locations through Instagram I kept it um, um, quite local to myself in Tottenham and um, yeah, every night for seven nights running up to International Women's Day, I went out and I projected a different woman, just like living her best life. So I had like people like a woman breastfeeding or a drag queen or a woman drinking wine. And like each one had a story about why it's difficult to take up space in this certain particular yeah. way. And it, it was very guerrilla. Like I didn't get any permissions. I was just like, I'm just doing this because as much as I love working with like local authorities and stuff like that, it's a lot of bureaucracy. It's a lot of sign offs. But I was like, I just have to do this like myself, yeah. uh, like uncensored. And the reaction was so amazing. Like uh, the idea for it was that my idea for it was that people would happen upon it. So if you happen to use that alleyway, you would see it. But what ended up happening was people came to see them. Oh, nice. It was so beautiful. And it was like some people, because there was a different one each day, it got a bit like Pokemon. Like, like people started like <laughs> collecting them, like coming to like multiple sites nice. to see them. And it meant that I had all these like really interesting conversations with women, with men, like all about the night and like the city. And like even really interesting things happened. Like some people tried to come, got too scared and went home. And on these, by the way, I was projecting at 7 p.m., right. not at 3 a.m., yeah, 7 yeah. p.m., and people were too scared. And so it really highlighted, again, this huge issue we have. Like, um, And so, yeah, so that project for me, I, I intend, I'm already expanding it with a local authority, but I also intend on doing my own passion work and building it every year. Um, so, yeah, that project felt really special. Ah, blinding. Hannah, if there was you and five other creatives, artists, architects, however you please, past or present, what would your ideal group show be? Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, uh, I don't know if I would do a group of artists. Would I do a group of artists? I love, like, because I feel a bit like... um a misfit like I don't feel like I really fit <laughs> so I think I would like pull maybe another group of like misfits together like people <laughs> who fell into like stuff like I don't know like um 
whoever like musicians who learn in an in a weird way like someone who like that's why I think I love your story I love the idea of like coming upon something yeah. not through the traditional um traditional route so like I think I would like it to be something more like I don't know a scientist and a like nice. uh, like a baker and a an artist and a musician and a gymnast or something and be like right what we're we gonna do That'd be some installation, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it might be a hot mess, but it'd be interesting. <laughs> it'd be interesting. So I think I think something like that. Like I, I that I always had this like dream of working in this kind of like Willy Wonka esque nice. yeah, yeah, space, yeah. you know, with like people just doing weird things. So uh, yeah, that would be cool. That, that is the art world, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> it is. It totally is. Exactly, exactly. That's what's so magic about it, isn't it? Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, one of the most recent projects you're doing, on the Joyce and Snell's estate? Oh, yes, yes. Inside Out. Yeah. Tell us about that, if you don't mind. Yeah, of course. So Inside Out was a project um, that is like an immersive mural. It's like, is it my, yes, I think it is my largest mural I've done so far. Nice. And it is a, again, in an alleyway, because that's how I roll. <laughs> the alley cat. <laughs> I am the alley cat. Hey, look, London has a lot of alleys. I will be booked and blessed for the rest of my life if this becomes my thing. So I'm fine. Brilliant. The alley cat. I love that. Maybe that should be like my my artist name. The wrestling name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so it was this space that like is again like this alleyway. It's got lots of like uh um antisocial behavior yeah. but it's incredibly well used because it links high street to a housing estate um but this housing estate is um going to be demolished as part of regeneration um so um and the people within the state hugely voted in majority for the regen so they 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 want it to happen um and but when the you do these regen projects and part of the reason why i left architecture is because the timeline is so long yeah. so nothing is going to happen there for at least five years so you kind of have these things like well, well what happens in the meantime so you everyone's kind of admitted this isn't fit for purpose or this isn't great see you in five years yeah. you know like it's not good enough so again this is it's really like boris leaving number 10 he's not good enough to be there but he's going to be there for another month exactly anyway. yeah exactly <laughs> sorry to butt in there absolutely no, you're absolutely right insert artist <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah so um 
what we did is we did um i did some workshops with some local young people there are a group called dream believe succeed and they are um uh, some local kids so i got them involved and what we did is that we oh. built um some post boxes and when we put these post boxes up in the alleyway like drilled them to the wall and we also put one in the library and then we i created these postcards about creating our work and asking people what 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 kind of place i didn't want to talk about negativity so i didn't want to be like you know um you know i didn't want to say specifically why do you feel unsafe or something like yeah, that so yeah, i yeah. talked about what made you feel good like what was your happy place and me and the young people went and delivered a thousand postcards to like the residents all mm -hmm. around and then so then and the residents then posted their answers back into the post box and so then we went and collected the answers from the post box and so it was really interesting to it was a really lovely way to like get people involved even if they didn't respond like we had people be like i loved your postcard or we've got your postcard on the fridge it's again this way of like I'm always interested in how you reach out to people with artwork without yeah. the people who will never go into a gallery, you know? Yeah, so this like literally posting it through their door, <laughs> like, you know, putting art that... upon them. Yeah, exactly. Whether they want and, it or and not. Even if, if, even if you throw it away, you know, yeah. like it's that invitation yeah. to be, to be a part of it, you know? Yeah. They've had the decision not to. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so then they had this like, really interesting, like the, the responses that we got were really interesting because they kind of felt like quite different. They were either like all about being at home, like someone like drew a little picture of them actually being in bed, like um, sprawled out in bed, being like, I just like to sleep. And I was like, I love that so much. <laughs> that is your happy place. And then there's these sort of elaborate writings about this woman's garden and how much she loved tending to her garden. So um, yeah, so I created this idea of like, um, how do I combine these two seemingly opposite ideas of being out in public, uh, um, being out in nature and also like the home comforts? Yeah. So I designed this um, wallpaper because I feel that's a way that we bring nature inside is like through like um, uh, through print. Yeah. Um, so I designed this wallpaper for specifically for Edmonton and each flower is on the wallpaper is um, representative of a... Um, uh of a, a country's like national flower and i use oh, the the, nice. the areas um census data so um i love that like it it came up with this sort of bouquet that you can't go and get yeah, yeah. in a florist of like course. it wouldn't exist like yeah. a lily from bangladesh and this yeah. and this but it's so and it, it feels like but it works on the paint as the artwork and it works in edmonton and i just love that like representative yeah. Um, celebration of the diversity and also celebration of the home because even though these places are going to be demolished um and and you know people want it to be it's still sad you know like people yeah. have lives and memories and everything and so for, for those five years I want to celebrate those homes and those memories created in those in those spaces. Superb do you know if once they demolish it it's going to be council accommodation again? Yeah, so um, there is absolutely going to be like social rent, yeah, in Good. there for sure, for sure, yeah. I, they... I imagine my guess is they'll probably have an element of private to fund the social, yeah. but the my my cl the client is um, 
the local authority, Good. not a private developer. Yeah, yeah they had, we had a council estate in Barking, funnily enough, called the Gascoigne. Um, oh yeah, I know Gascoigne. Yeah, well they they um, raised that to the ground and rebuilt on there, but that was a uh, that was mainly um, private and affordable, which yeah. no one could afford. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and the, the people that were displaced, they didn't just put them sort of in the local area. They was they was putting them counties away. You know. I know. I know. Yeah, it's it's that it's a real issue with regen. It has to be done sensitively, and the council. I think the council will get our councils are getting smarter to how to do it, and not just handing things over to developers. Yeah. If you wasn't an artist, architect, whatever, whatever hat. Yours, yeah. yours seems to be, or, or, or is, is it a tri-coloured hat? <laughs> yeah. um, if you wasn't a creative, what would you like to be? Um, I think if I wasn't a creative, oh, it, it, oh, such a good question. Okay, I think I know. I would. I've, I've got two answers. One of Go two. On. Either a food critic, okay, because I get to eat. <laughs> nice. Or a tradesperson, like a plumber or an electrician or a carpenter. Um, and where does that come from? I think it's just a fascination with building. Brilliant. Yeah. So I think an electrician, I think electrician seems pretty cool. Electricity, exciting, quite high risk. Yeah. But yeah. also, how, what, how handy, like such a. I used to have an ex-boyfriend who's an electrician. I just thought you're a very handy person to have around. <laughs> yeah. Well, they say they say that the, the best ones to be is a um, electrician or a plumber. And on yeah. the building sites, you tend to work inside as well. Exactly. Exactly. I can't be a brickie. Are getting no, 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 no. I'm, I'm coming in after that. First. I'm coming in to do the first fix once you've got that uh, exactly. outer layer done. Well, I did think your answer was going to involve an alley for some reason. I don't know what made me think that. <laughs> Yeah, security guard or something. <laughs> um, Hannah, have you got anything coming up at the moment? Uh, yeah, so I have my um, the next version of Girls of the Light, kind nice. of the next iteration with at Wandsworth. I'm doing an installation in Clapham Common where we're going to bring the night Ooh, to the day. Wow. And we're going to be doing more projections. So that's super exciting. Um, I'm working on that. Else, I've got an open house happening in September. Another mural happening in Walthamstow. So yeah, I've got a few things. Spinning plates, as usual. Nice. That's not bad. <laughs> not a bad thing. Yeah. Um, and where can people find you, be it um, website or social media? Yeah. Um, so on Instagram, I'm Hannah Bennyhood Studio. There's my website, hannahbennyhood.com. And I've started a YouTube channel, which is very new to me, but it's exciting. Um, and so you could just find me there if you put in Hannah Bennyhood. And I talk all about art, but art and business as well. So um, I'm very passionate about um, teaching people how to make money through this. And so. what is it over on YouTube? Is it you sat there talking to the camera? Yeah, I'm doing, I've done different things. I'm just really experimenting. But yeah, if so something people specifically ask me sometimes through Instagram. So I did like one, just me talking about day rates, how I calculate them. I did one on how I organize money. Um, but then I also done one on, you know, um, how to get commissioned as a public artist, um, how to change careers. You know, it, it depends on um, anything that people ask me or like vlogs as well about just behind the scenes, what it's like to be yeah. an artist. Um, so, yeah. And how many of those have you done? 
I've done 12. I've been doing them every every week for three months. Nice. So, um, yeah, it's been a learning curve. YouTube, a lot harder than it looks, guys. That's I've my not, biggest takeaway. <laughs> yeah, I've not gone over to there yet. <laughs> oh I've not, um, I've, well, no, I've not gone over to there yet. I've, I've avoided it, if, if that's a, a better way to say it. Yeah, it is a different culture, YouTube, for sure. But um, well, I'm, I'm quite say, enamoured by it. I must say, I went on a true crime podcast. He's, well, he's a pretty well-known guy. He's got about 700,000 subscribers mm. um and his name's sean atwood because he normally mm. has these sort of ex-villains talking about how hard they are and you know what yeah, they've yeah, done yeah. And, and that's not that's not my cup of tea at all yeah you know? but i've decided from the off that i wasn't going to glamorize crime mm. at all mm. i figured i'd get hammered by his followers you know because mm. when you look underneath at the the, the comments made Ooh, yeah. they're like oh you should have bit his nose off and he deserved it the slag you know yeah all that yeah sort yeah of, but I wanted to see that if I wasn't being aggressive, how these people mm. who, who appeared to be quite bloodthirsty, how they would take it. Yeah. So I'd done exactly that. And I thought, I'm going to get slaughtered here. Mm. And and Hannah, it, it's fucking remarkable. Really? That pretty much all of the um, comments were positive. Mm. It was like, oh, what a nice guy! Oh, you set yeah, the tone. Yeah, and it it made me realise that even if they are a bit bloodthirsty, it's only because you're waving the the meat in front oh, of their hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, and and I, I sort of felt a little bit guilty for thinking of them, you know, in in such a derogatory way. Anyway, you know, but yeah. But, um, yeah can, was, can I really can I ask see. you a question about the podcast? How you found it, and and what inspired you to do this this project, and what you feel like you've got from it above and beyond. Like, I, I suppose with my YouTube channel, I'm trying to think like, you know, we can't do everything. And I'm yeah. like, how do I, I'm trying to figure out these things adjacent to art, like, you know, how, um, how they fit into my career. And I would love to know how you found this podcast um, working for you. Well, as, and... a, as a tool as part of my own practice, if you like. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the time that it takes, I know it takes time to do these yeah. things and book people and edit and all that sort of stuff and how you've just found the whole experience of doing your podcast. Well, the, the reason I started it in the first place is several little reasons. One was I always tried to sort of dim my voice when I was at a, a, an exhibition or a private view mm. or what have you because as you've seen I'm quite loud mm. I, I always look on the lighter side of life I normally say things that are inappropriate at the wrong time like cracking <laughs> a joke on me yeah yeah, know, yeah when it's not needed but but that's that's who I am and I was trying to sort of quell myself you know and I thought mm. oh this this isn't good my vocabulary mm. isn't the best yeah um, or, or it's not like that of, of other people that you perceive to be in the art world but then I was thinking, well, I'm not one of those people anyway, so it's not yeah. going to be. I figured that there would be a load of people like me mm. that are keeping their mouth shut because they don't want to sound like the Del Boy walking through the art world, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. then I thought, well, well, fuck it. You know, I'm, yeah. I knew a few people who, who created podcasts. They give me a hand and I put it out there. And I know hundreds of artists, Hannah, you know, where I've yeah. sort of worked with all these people and wrote to them while I was in jail and whatnot. Yeah. So, so you have I've this got... roller, roller yeah. decks already. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. I figured, <laughs> this is how I fucked myself, really. <laughs> I I thought I'll, I'll send an email to about 40 artists that I know. 40? Yeah, because I figured, well, most of them are going to say no. 
Right. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Right. So at least I wanted about ten, so I could do yeah. a first okay. series, if you like. And out of the forty, forty replied yes. You're your year done. Yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, as you may have figured, I just love chatting to artists. I love talking yeah. about art, you know. And I, I wanted to be a voice for people like myself, who, like mm. you said earlier on, are intimidated by the art world, feel mm. that they that, that it's for the you know the the middle class, the elite. yeah, yeah. So it's loads of several different reasons. Yeah, but yeah. I find it a very good tool as an artist. You know, you're in your studio, you're in your little box most of the time on your own. Yeah, it's quite and, lonely work. Yeah, and as much as, as you can go and listen to podcasts and, and interviews or what have you, speaking to another artist is like that little bit of crit, you know? Yeah, of um, course, yeah. Yeah, and, it, and it, I figured it, it helps artists. Have you noticed it affect your work? Because you speak to so many different artists, like... Well, I, I've, what it's done now, Hannah, to tell you the truth... I used to do the podcast in between an artwork. Like, I, I don't know if you've seen my artwork. I work yeah. with tallies, right? That, they, they're a bit of a head fuck doing just one of those. So <laughs> yeah. I'll do one and then I'll do a podcast. Right, yeah, yeah. It might take me three days to do an artwork. Then I'll do a podcast or editing or something that isn't drawing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to give myself a day off. Then lockdown hit and I was doing a lot more on screen on Instagram and what that's done now, I've ended up writing for magazines, for instance, doing interesting, doing stuff like this for um, art groups. Like they'll get me to do a podcast, for instance, with nice. their group of artists mm. and they'd, they'd pay me for it. So my practice has shifted a little bit from being front of house, if you like, to mm. the back of house. Yeah, I'm missing doing so much creativity, but... Mm. It's, it's worked out now that this is putting bread on the table. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? I do think one of the reasons why I started the YouTube is because I am interested in diversification as an artist yeah. because it is hard to like, you know, it feels like if the bottom drops out of one thing, selling artwork, getting public art commissions, it's great if you have a few fingers in a few pies so to yeah. speak um so i'm really interested in people who are are doing stuff like that you know yeah. who are like diversifying i mean for, for you if you're doing a lot in the community what you're doing is ideal because it's people within them communities who will click your mm. um, your video or or your audio your podcast mm -mm. so it's it, it does make this art that we do more accessible to the people who, who don't feel it's part of them yeah but, um, it's so personal especially podcasts like I've sat and I've listened to you speak to someone for hours already you know when would you it's not like Instagram where you scroll past yeah. someone's work that that connection that you have with someone especially with audio is really interesting I think because you do spend you spend time with them and yeah. I'm like potting around in my art studio doing stuff but listening to you or to, yeah. to someone else yeah well, what I, I decided to do from the start was trying not to make it sound like an interview. Although yeah. I've got seven questions that I ask every artist. Yeah. I spent hours over them questions. Yeah, yeah. So that you possibly wouldn't even notice that they were set questions. My idea was that I've sat next to you on a packed train, for instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I've said, you know, what do you do for a living? Yeah, you yeah, say yeah. I'm an artist and I'll go, That's such so a good idea. I. And yeah. then I think, then I've thought of the questions that I would have asked you if I've sat yeah, next yeah, to you. Yeah. One of them would be, 
what sort of art do you make? Yeah, yeah. And the listener in my head is sitting behind us. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's such the a good listener. idea. Yeah, yeah. So that's the way I look at it. A lot of the time, I won't do research on the artist. Yeah, yeah. Because I want to find out the same pace as the listener. But oh, how, how are you cool. finding it doing the uh, YouTube? Uh, it's been interesting. Like I said, it's been a lot more work than I've uh, an anticipated. But I love YouTube. Like, I watch so much YouTube. I've I've learned as much from YouTube as I had from university. Super niche communities, yeah. like talking and like um about stuff and you can talk to people in the comments it's long form not like instagram yeah. where you just scroll past so i think i'm gonna keep it up and i think i'm gonna um uh keep going with it and i've had really great feedback from people um well there's nothing like you said it's niche. putting yourself out there isn't exactly. it it's really there's like... nothing wrong with niche just just go and buy our conversations and the, and the projects that you're doing and that you've done if you're talking about an art project within the community that affects the safety of predominantly women. Yeah. That an art for good niche to be a part of, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. All things like, just like what you were saying with like feeling loud in um, galleries. For me, when I was just like, how do I make money? So yeah. I just made a, a video. This is how you make money as an artist. Like this is how, like I can remember seeing sculpture being like, how do I get to do that? Like, so I'm like, okay, this is a video. This is how you get commissioned as a public artist. You know, it's just answering those things when you have that thing like that you struggle with. Yeah. That's the perfect calling to make yeah. something about that, isn't it? Because you're like, I can't be the only one. I can't be the only one. Yeah. And how are you finding the editing or do you not edit? No, I do edit. Yeah, I edit in Premiere Pro. I love it. I, I mean, it takes up so much time because it gets quite addictive, I feel like. Because also, like, I do illustrations over my videos. Nice. Which are not needed, but I'm just like, that's so cute. So I'm like da, 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 spending hours. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a time suck, but um, if I can make it work, it would hopefully be worth it. Because what I would love, my my dream, the dream is if I could um, monetize it through maybe like Patreon or something, and then use that to self-fund my public art. Because like I was saying before, my um, local authorities local authorities and developers are my two main clients and they're touchy you know like yeah. I, I love working with communities but you know they want me to tell a certain story about the community do you know what i mean which are you know whatever i'll do of course and there are loads of positive stories but also sometimes i'm like people are pissed yeah and yeah. i want to tell that story but they're not going to pay me to do that so i want to be able to fund like do half like client work half passion projects yeah. part of what i do actually i see is i, I try to push the clients and educate the clients as yeah. much as i can um simultaneously but i think to have longevity and to have like that fulfillment in my work i'm gonna have to um self-fund yeah portion of my work and and also it ends up um enticing the clients you want because i did that that project about like projecting women in in alleyways and i ended up getting a, a client who was very young new to the council passionate willing to break rules and she ended up commissioning me for this clapham common piece Brilliant. um right back on with day. Day and i'm gonna go and edit this good all right go have a good Anna, one take care see you later, darling. Bye. Bye. there you go hannah benahood i told you you'd enjoy this episode and if you did, go and look in our back catalogue. We've got over 200 episodes. And those that have a similar feel to Hannah is the likes of Fandango Kid and Camille Walala. 
Well, that's the last episode of 2022. Flown by, right? We've already got some cracking episodes recorded for 2023, which um, I'll tell you about in the next episode. The next episode is just going to be a sort of little rundown of 2022. And before I go, I'd just like to wish you all the very best for 2023. It's going to be a belter. Sad out. Well, hope you enjoyed that episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. So we wasn't dictated to by advertisers, we decided from the offset to go ad-free, which means obviously we had to self-fund. So we set up the Ministry of Arts Patreon page. And without that support, we would not be able to produce this podcast. So if you like what you hear and you're able to support the podcast, just go over to the Ministry of Arts Instagram profile. You'll find a Linktree drop-down box, which will direct you straight to our Patreon page. And for the price of a cup of coffee, you can help keep us growing week by week. But if you're not able to do that, that's fine because this content is free for everyone. But leaving a review on whichever platform you listen to your podcast, that really does help us get noticed and anyone else looking for an art podcast. Or even giving us a positive shout out on your social media. Everything is appreciated. But either way, thanks for listening. And until next week, Zad Art. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. I'm Ina Garten. Welcome to Be My Guest, the podcast. One of the best gifts you can give friends is spending time together. But what's even better than that? Cooking with them. On Be My Guest, the podcast, new friends and old stop by my barn for some conversation and great cooking. We talk about food, life, and everything in between. Listen to Be My Guest, the podcast with me, Ina Garten, and join us wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.